Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to Mood with Lauren Elizabeth. I'm Lauren Elizabeth. And for today's current mood combo, I'm going to be joined by therapist and certified life coach, Tess Brigham. So as a therapist, she has worked intimately with millennials for the past decade. So she's been dubbed the millennial therapist by CNBC, and she specializes in helping millennials discover their unique life path and offers individual concrete tools and skills on navigating obstacles in their lives when feeling lost. So I really took like that specific kind of little bit about Tess to heart when I was reading it before we chatted. And we just got really into this kind of like post-pandemic being a millennial life because obviously we all know like we lost a year of our lives and, you know, so many of us lost our jobs and broke up or started dating and all this stuff. And I just like really wanted to kind of dive in deeper with her and not just about relationships, just more about that, like feeling lost and kind of finding meaning in your life and redirection in your life. And we had such an, an amazing conversation, you guys. I absolutely loved it. I felt really just kind of like validated and empowered. And I really, really loved her kind of skills and tools that she shares with us on this podcast. So I really, really think you guys are going to enjoy it. I think there's something for everyone, obviously, because when are you not kind of just unsure, especially when you're in your freaking 20s, everyone assumes like you know everything because you decided what fucking school to go to when you were literally 18. Um, Yeah, that's like not how life works. And it just feels really good to have a professional kind of walk us through it and talk us out of that worst mood. But of course, of course, of course, of course, before we jump into that, do, do you know what time it is? Do you know what time it is? Okay, someone just got a little mood booster of energy. You guys, it's time for best mood and worst mood of the week. My best mood this week was even more family time. I told you guys they were all coming in town and I loved playing hostess of the mostest this week. I really truly do love having people in my home and I'm going to kind of like flip this on its head in a second, but this was the first time like I really got to have like every single room in my house full and wake up with all these people in my house. It almost reminded me of like being a kid on vacation when we all used to stay in like a beach house together, like go on family vacations, just anywhere. Honestly, we pretty much only went on two different ones every year. We either did skiing or we did beach. And I was like, mom, why can't I go to Florida with everyone else? And she was like, get in the fucking car. Anyway, it was just so nice just kind of like feeling this really full family house and every room had a purpose and we had plans and it was kind of cool too we obviously like went out to dinners and stuff which is something obviously I don't really do more than once a week because of that pandemic life like slowly getting into it and you know slowly everyone's getting vaccinated but it just really felt like a normal weekend so honestly my best mood was just feeling fucking normal and I want you to know it wasn't feeling normal. It was feeling fucking normal. Okay. I felt fucking normal and it was amazing. It was so just relaxing and relieving. I didn't work at all over the weekend, like literally at all. I just kind of didn't wear makeup unless we were going out to dinner because I have to keep up with my aunt and my cousin who are just way too fashionistas for me and my lazy mom. We're like, okay, I guess we'll put on dresses and go out for, you know, happy hour with you guys. And then obviously we end up having a great time. So I really pushed myself out of my comfort zone. Even my brother was like, do you want to come out uh, down the street to get drinks with us? And I was like, well, they have really good empanadas and they're not empanadas, they're croquettes. So I did order the empanadas and then also got corrected again they are croquettes, which now is making me so hungry. Oh my God. I also had so much good food this weekend. It literally, it just felt normal, you guys. So I urge you to like, not only just try to push yourself out of your comfort zone in a way of like, Ooh, let me do something crazy. Just like 
like be present and like live in the moment and do it with people you love eat drink be merry like the whole spiel like do the damn thing it was so much fun you don't have to like spend a crazy amount of money or think of a crazy idea you can literally just be surrounded with people and food and just the things that you love like those comfort things and have an amazing time so for my worst mood, like some of these little things caused me anxiety, right? So some of it was kind of at first, oh my gosh, I can't believe I have to get ready and go out to dinner. I'd much rather stay home. I don't want to go to this dinner. Just like those little things of that social anxiety creeping back up. I was definitely kind of not in a great mood the first night when we went out to dinner. I was kind of sitting there like just feeling uncomfortable, like in my own skin, just because I was anxious of like, I don't know, just like kind of like being out and being in a huge group setting and being at a restaurant I'd never been to before. And like, it sounds kind of silly and, um, I guess like not that big of a deal, but if you're someone with social anxiety, you kind of get it. It's just like, you like to be in control of everything. And if you're not really totally feeling something, like why would you kind of push yourself? But that's why I'm saying the best mood was pushing myself because they are things that I do love doing. It's kind of those things where we always call them like the mood boosters that you have to like remind yourself that they boost your mood because they're not like the things you totally maybe turn to right away. Cause it's easier to kind of do things like self care by yourself. So I just had those like little kind of moments of like social anxiety and a sense of just like going out and getting out of my comfort zone of just literally being in my house for so long and being in a big group setting and trying new things. My, the other half of my family like loves going out and like loves doing all that stuff. And it kind of just like gave me that kind of pre pandemic, like reminder of what life used to be like. And it just triggered me a little bit. So it wasn't the worst thing I got over it fairly quickly ended up obviously having a great night and a great weekend and then by the end of the weekend I was just depleted it was a total social hangover and I just I kind of felt guilty because some of my family obviously was still here and some people wanted to keep going and they wanted to keep doing things and like I just kind of i almost felt this different kind of guilt and shame where it wasn't me making myself feel guilty. It was like, oh, I feel guilty because like maybe I'm letting other people down, which like I haven't really had to do things for other people in a really long time because there's been nothing for us to do, right? So it was this weird thing where it's like my little 16-year-old brother has an endless amount of energy and he's like, well, how can we do this? Like, let's do this. And so I felt guilty. I was like, am I being lazy? Am I being lame? And I kid you not, I laid in bed for almost a full 24 hours because that's how depleted I get. And I'm like finally realizing that I guess that's what kind of being more introverted means. And I know it's a way more complex thing, but it's genuinely when you need to like recharge alone. Like I'm not one of those people like, yes, I get mood boosted by like recharging that way with like mood boosters of other people. But when I'm by myself, that's when I genuinely, it's like plugging your phone in and recharging it. And so I felt really, really guilty. And I felt like I wasn't sure. And I, I didn't know. And it's like so hard to just like go with your gut sometimes. And it was just, I was exhausted. And so it wasn't the worst, worst mood which obviously is great and kind of a consistent theme lately because I think I've been doing a good job of kind of balancing the mood boosters with all the other kind of worse mood feelings in my life. And it definitely took me a full 24 hours to recover. It was exhausting. And that's kind of what I forget. I push myself a lot in social settings and all that stuff because I love having fun and I love being around people, but I forget that I'm actually truly this introverted person that like if I don't have my alone time and if I don't rest, like I will straight up like catch a cold get sick get exhausted get cranky like total worst mood so luckily I nipped it in the bud and I spent a whole 24 hours alone however I am traveling again this weekend going on a huge girls trip I'm going to be honky tonking the streets down and I can guarantee you I'm already telling I like I just know my worst mood next week is going to be I'm like fucking exhausted but like that's what I do okay we have best moods we have worst moods and in between we have mood boosters but sometimes you know we're all human what can I say I hope I'm inspiring you guys to like go out and like do things and like have a hot girl summer because it's just kind of like the only thing on my mind, you know, if you can't tell. I mean, literally, I'm doing something every weekend. Who am I? So obviously, after you have your hot girl summer, not after, you know, the in-between. I mean, you got to, like, actually do your job to then be able to um, pay for hot girl summer. And you, like, maybe, I don't know, like, created something or made something over the pandemic. Or maybe you're just, like, super creative like me and you want to share it online. So whether you work for yourself or you're a part of a team, you know, you have to get creative, okay? You have to make your online presence in your business stand out from the rest. That's why you need issue. 
It's this all-in-one platform to create and distribute beautiful digital content from marketing materials to magazines to flip books and brochures and more. I know some of my friends are graduating from school and they're like, I kind of want to turn this into something. How do we get on social media? And it's like, you guys, Issue has you covered because PDFs are outdated and Issue just makes your content better. Issue also works seamlessly with tools you already use like Canva, Dropbox, InDesign. I use it in conjunction with Canva. I think it's a very seamless process because all you do is you make it once and then you distribute it everywhere without reformatting it. So your content is already optimized for engagement and ready to share. So it really helps creators, marketers, designers, and anyone who wants to make content that stands out. And you can get started with Issue today for free. If you sign up for a premium account, you will get 50% off when you go to issuu.com slash podcast and use promo code MOOD. That's issuu.com slash podcast and use promo code MOOD at checkout for your free account or 50% off your premium account. That's issue.com slash podcast with promo code MOOD to start standing out, getting your content out there, share it to Instagram, send it to your content tax everything you need to do get it on issue for this week's mood boosters i just posted an instagram story that was like my first i guess aesthetically pleasing little piece of content since the weekend with my family and it's so funny i was like i guess these are all three of my mood boosters right now because it's a new book that i'm reading i finally found a new thriller it's called the last thing he told me i think am i saying that right i don't know my brother keeps like making fun of the book i'm reading so i'm like forgetting what it's actually called but i finally found one i i did a little hardcover action for this one i don't know i like switching it up sometimes so i'm actually just like really excited to be done working today and get back to doing that because it just sometimes it's hard to like get into a book kind of like starting a new show does anyone feel that way i watched a ton of tv over the weekend when I was like hibernating and so a mood booster is like kind of getting away from that and getting back into this book so I'm kind of about a quarter of the way through and I can't wait to just like grind through it you guys know how much I love a page turner so this one is a new release and I'm really loving it so far I also feel like a mood booster that I want to explore after this thriller is I want to get back into like the more beach reads because it is summer and let me know I read The Perfect Couple by Edin Hildenberg. I don't know how to say her name, but I I know there's like a a series that you're supposed to read. It's like Trouble in Paradise or something. I actually weirdly haven't read it. Can someone direct me of like which one to read next of hers? Because I did obviously read The Perfect Couple. It's one of my favorite books. But can someone direct me to like the the one, like the must read next? Because she has a lot of books, but I know there's like the kind of next tier because that one's obviously number one. So what's like the number two pick? Can someone please help me? Because I feel like that could really be a mood booster for me and I need your help. And Google is not really helping me very much. I need it to be from you guys. Thank you. My next mood booster is watermelon. Lauren, that's so lame and boring. No, it's not. Whoever you are listening in your car and your AirPods on your girl walk, okay? Listen, if you've never gotten in the summer spirit by cutting a fresh watermelon, maybe cubit, maybe triangles. It depends on your vibe. You want to know what we did yesterday? We cubed it because I'm more of a cube gal as opposed to triangle. I was, I was getting the triangles dripping all over me today. Cubed it, put it in a bowl, put it back in the fridge for a second, let it get cold. Dare I say maybe put it in the freezer, okay? Take that bowl back out grab a fork, either lay outside or do what I did yesterday, lay in bed and just snack, snack, snack. First of all, it's guilt-free. It's watermelon. It's good for you. It's tasty. It's hydrating. It's good for your skin. Is it? I don't know. I feel like it is. It's good for your tummy because it's not very obstructive, I believe. It is just chef's kiss. It is something that is just tasty. It makes you feel like a kid. It makes you feel healthy. There's so many positive attributes to a watermelon that I feel like deserve its own mood boosting spot. We have eaten it every single day for the past three days and I'm not complaining. And I think you should eat it too. And then my next mood booster is just traveling again, fully vaxxed, fully waxed, and obviously still being responsible citizen, still looking out for everyone's safety, but getting back into normalcy. I can't recommend it enough. I'm, I'm masked up. I'm waxed up. I'm vaxxed up. And you know what? I'm, I'm having a good old time. So I, I, I don't travel a lot. So that's why this is a mood booster. It's not me just like flaunting like 
maybe my personal stance and where I'm at in the pandemic. Um, I'm just someone that was so obsessed with work for so long. I skipped out on an entire Italy trip with my family because I was convinced that if I left LA and didn't work, my life would be over. And now I'm just kind of at this point where I realize that's not how life works. So traveling is a mood booster. I have big, big plans. One of them is going away starting tomorrow. I'm very excited. Or actually, when you're listening to this, I'll be gone. Uh Uh-huh. See ya. I'll be gone. Maybe finished with my book, probably eating watermelon, but not in LA. So it's a good time. I'm having fun. I think you should have fun too. I know it's a consistent theme lately, but it's truly just what's going on in my life. I will give you a little spoiler alert, a little heads up. I have a big mood booster coming and I think I'm going to tell you guys next week. It's a top secret mood booster. And if you guys follow at mood with Lauren Elizabeth and at Lauren Elizabeth and you DM me not only about the book, um, but that you want to know first, I will tell you before I tell YouTube. Is that me trying to make sure my community on my podcast is top notch? Yes. But is that also because I, I want to talk to you guys? Also, yes. It's all perfectly selfish, but you will get a big spoiler alert. And let me tell you, it's a big mood booster. It's big, 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 big. I wonder if anyone will guess it. Okay. So since I'm traveling, uh, lots, you know, kind of coming up. I've been kind of wanting to mix up my fragrance, take it on the go, um, not want to really break the bank. I haven't really perfume shopped since the pandemic, but I'm that one person in everyone's life that, you know, I'm just that person. I'm, I'm, I can't lie to you guys. Everyone goes, oh my God, you smell amazing. What are you wearing? I just have a, I have a good skin chemical pheromones. It, it mixes well. So I, I like switching up my scent. So with Scent Bird, I found a way to have great taste and mix up my fragrance routine without breaking that bank. Like I said, you know, they have Tom Ford, they have Gucci, Versace. Scentbird.com keeps me smelling good month after month. I have been using them forever. Like OG YouTube days, you guys. I'm currently doing some Tom Ford scents right now from Scentbird. They smell so, so good. Like definitely kind of, they, they scream, oh my God, are you trying to get wifed up? And I'm like, yes. You know what I mean? If you don't know what Scentbird is, it's a fragrance subscription service that gives you the opportunity to shop from over 600 brands, and it's a flexible subscription service, so you can skip any month without any penalties. They let you choose new designer fragrances every month for just $16, and every month you get to pick what you would want to receive, so there are no surprises. They have perfumes, colognes, and a lot of unisex options. You choose the perfume you want to try, and they'll send you a 30-day supply. Scentbird carries top designers like Prada, Gucci, Versace, as well as like indie labels like Vince Camuto, The Harmonist, and Confessions of a Rebel. All of them are 100% authentic. They work directly with the brands. And if you're not sure what scent you're looking for, you can sort and find new fragrances by brand, style, occasion, season, and more. This is such a better deal than just going out and trying a new perfume and hoping you like it. And you get to switch up your scent based on maybe like if you're going on a date versus going to the beach. Or it's a great gift to get for someone as well. And with my exclusive offer, just for my listeners, you get 30% off your first month today. So that's only $11 for your first fragrance. Go to Scentbird.com and use my code MOOD for 30% off your first month. Again, that's S-C-E-N-T bird.com for you to try your first perfume or cologne for just $11. Sign on, smell amazing. Okay, guys, now we're going to jump into my conversation with Tess. I think you guys are truly going to love it. So let me know what you think on Instagram. Make sure to subscribe and enjoy. Okay, guys, I'm here with Tess and, you know... She is very sought after. And I, you know, I hear that you're kind of like the go-to for millennials, which is pretty much my age group. So I want you to tell my audience a little bit about yourself before we jump into some burning questions that I have. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Tess Brigham. I am a licensed psychotherapist and I'm also a board certified coach. So what I do is I blend the best of these two modalities together to help um, young adults, millennials, now they're Gen Zers. <laughs> my millennials are getting older because yes. uh, I've been doing this for a while. Um, but I, I really, I help them um, figure out who they are, what they want, what life's all about. Um, I also go into organizations and help companies better understand their young adult employees. Um, yeah. And I really love, love this generation and helping young people figure out like they're who they are. Cause it's such a critical, it's such a critical time. And I think that what parenting books and such, we all focus on, um, you know, the developmental years, the baby, the toddler, you know, teens, and I think we forget that there is this 
time of your life, right? From, you know, college, graduation from college, high school to, you know, depending on your life and who you are and your, you know, sometimes for men, it's a little bit longer than that. For women, I think it's a little bit shorter, right? To about your late 20s into your early 30s of what am I, what, huh? This is life. This is adulthood. I know. I It's so funny. I actually always say that like part of the reason I love talking about like mental health and what I consider lifestyle, like, you know, taking mm. care of yourself and stuff at this age is because it's always like focused on, you know, your baby and then focus on your midlife crisis. And I'm like, what about this, you know, little gap where we can actually be bettering ourselves and not have to like deal with all of this and realize, oh, I'm depressed later and I need to get a divorce and all this stuff. And so that's so interesting that like, you know, you said it like that because I, I thought, oh my gosh, yes, like this is exactly what I've been trying to say for all of my 20s. Not that I have any of it figured out. And, you know, I, it's interesting because obviously like I didn't go to college, but I know a lot of people are in this really, that listen to my podcast are in this transitional phase, especially after the pandemic and mm -hmm. kind of putting things in a dare. I know, I know it's affected me a lot. And I just, you know, wh what do you think that is like the most common thing that I guess this age group struggles with? Like when they come to you, like what's like the kind of most common thread that you you've seen? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've, I mean, there are, I've whittled it down to about six common themes, but pretty much the biggest one is around, it, it, it stems from anxiety, feeling anxious and really feeling anxious about choices and decisions. Because when you're young, you're in this really weird space of the world is my oyster. I can do anything. There's a million different options. I can go anywhere. I can make my life anything. But at the same time, I don't really have money or too many skills. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, and you start to put out your resume and you start to do these things and nobody's hiring and you're like, wait, I can't do anything. You've told me, you know, my whole life, you told me I could do anything. And it's this weird place to be in where you have a million and one choices, but none of them are really attainable or clear mm. or anything. And the biggest fear that my clients come to me about, and the thing that I hear over and over again is this fear around, I'm so afraid I'm not going to find my path. Mm. I'm really worried I'm going to get on this career path or this relationship path or whatever it is, and then find myself at 40, unhappy, depressed, and it'll be too late for me to change. So I have to make sure that I pick the right job, the right career, the right person now, or everything else will be a mess. Yeah. But the problem, the problem is, is that you have to live your life and do things and have jobs and be in relationships and experience things in order to know what to pick. So what happens is clients come to me and they're stuck. They're sort of like standing on the sidelines going, I need to pick something, but I'm not picking anything. And they go to try to go down a particular path and they're like, they get scared or something doesn't work out. And they're like, okay, maybe this is wrong. And they just sort of stay stuck, kind of circling the drain. I mean, yeah, I, it's, it's so funny because it, where I'm at right now, and then my brother is just graduating his master's. So it's almost like this interesting perspective of two people that feel stuck, but like have totally different, uh, like you said, like choices and options and mm -hmm. resumes and all that stuff. And I think the biggest thing that, you know, people message me about too is the anxiety of it all. I feel like, I mean, I don't know if, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like we're like literally the most anxious generation on the planet. Yeah. Like everyone's just riddled with anxiety. And it's, you know, obviously I always say when people come to me, I'm like, well, go, go to therapy because that's what's mm -hmm. helped me a lot. Do you find that like there's like a certain set of tools that are maybe separate for anxiety and then like kind of like figuring out the life path or do you think they're really kind of like obviously they're intertwined but for some reason I feel like I don't know maybe I'm always going to be anxious because like I'm wired that way so is it like a different mm -hmm. set of tools of like figuring out my path versus like taming my anxiety does that make sense? Yeah it does I think it's, it's tricky because I think that certainly there are people that are right wired. Like we're bo very much born with our temperament and personalities. And then we have life experiences and that fuels, right? Some people have a 
a very anxious temperament, but if they're given all the love and support that they need, it's contained, right? So, so I, there are people who certainly struggle with anxiety and that will be something that they struggle with their entire lives. And for them, it's really about figuring out how to manage that. That's a separate thing. Um, and, and what's interesting are the clients, a lot of the clients that come to me who had never experienced any anxiety before that are now experiencing all these, all this anxiety. So there's definitely, there's situational anxiety and then there's this ingrained anxiety and definitely across the board, if you are a, a living person right now, you have, especially after this year that we've been through, you have anxiety. Like we have all been sitting with this, this heightened, we've all been in this heightened state of anxiety for an entire year and how that affects us and how it will affect our minds and our bodies. And we're not even quite sure yet how this is going to affect us in the future, but they have, you know, they've done studies. They, you know, millennials, Gen Zers, they are a much more anxious group of people. And a lot of it is um, attributed to technology, the internet, iPhones. I mean, these iPhones have made us impossible to concentrate. I'm, str- I'm wa- you know, struggling. Like, what am I doing? What's happening? Right? Because I'm so wa- I'm so connected to the phone, and it distracts me, and and all of those things. So that having that and having that since you were a kid, it does impact you. But I I think that. And I, and I'll go to audiences and older, you know, people that are my age and older baby boomers, especially. And they're like, I don't understand them. I don't get it. And I keep really trying to explain to them, like, you know, imagine living in a world, imagine being in your twenties, your brain doesn't fully form until you're 25. So you're, you're, you're developing who you are as a person. And there is, you know, there is this thing called social media and it is constantly influencing how you think and feel and do. And, you know, it makes you, it, it makes you feel bad about yourself. It makes you feel like you're missing out on things. It makes you feel like you're behind in life and it's unrealistic and it's playing constantly that you can have access to. And I think, older adults, they finally sort of get it like, oh, okay. Because I know in my twenties, like I, there was no social media. So when I looked around, everybody was poor and failing. Like, we all, like You know, none of us were doing right. We all didn't make a lot of money. We all were struggling with stuff. And so, yeah, and you would see people on TV that were successful or in magazines, but that was so removed. It wasn't our friends. It wasn't someone, you know, we knew. So right. That, that, that's what, you have this built-in thing that's designed to make you feel less about yourself. And the internet in general allows you, the possibilities are endless. You know, the internet just alone allows you to, if you want to buy a gray shirt, to research and look at thousands upon thousands of gray shirts. And when I was younger, it was like, well, yeah, you could get on, get it from a catalog, but you go, you go to a store. This is the one I picked. There you go. Yeah. Right. And so there's far less, there was far less to be anxious about. Yeah. And I, I think that it's, you know, obviously I, I don't talk about it as much because I know it's so hypocritical because obviously I work in social media, but I'm definitely mm-hmm. getting to this point where I'm almost becoming like resentful of it because I recognize how toxic it is. And I think that, you know, I at least like kind of calm my own anxiety about being a part of it by being like, at least I'm trying to do, you know, be a small positive thing in this Mm -hmm. big, you know, sea of all this, you know, over aspirational stuff, but it's, you know, it's not going anywhere. Right. So how do we then, you know, turn this like resentment and like every time, you know, someone brings up this topic, I could just go on and on about how toxic it is and how much I hate it, which again, it's hypocritical. I do it for a living, but I could go on. I'm like, it's horrible. It makes me feel horrible about myself. I'm addicted to it. And then I'm just like sitting there. I'm like, I don't know the solution then because A, I sound like a hypocrite. B, it's like, I'm building this huge resentment that's only going to you know, make me anxious and make me angry. It's not really doing anything. So then I don't think of a solution. And I'm just like, Lauren, stop like being angry, just like calm down. So is there something that you kind of like help your clients with when it comes to kind of that social media, anxious, kind of like compare and despair and, 
you know, looking at, oh, I could be traveling like her. I could have that purse. Like, how do we kind of tame that since it's not going anywhere? Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. Social media is here to stay. And, um, and I think that, and I don't think that the solution is always to just get off social media completely and, and separate yourself. Um, I think that social media, like anything else in life, like chocolate and wine and, <laughs> and anything, right? A little bit is great and too much is a problem. So I encourage my clients to really, number one, just limit the time that you spend on and even set a timer. Like when you go on it, make it so that you, you maybe put them in a separate folder that it's somewhere you go and you have social media time. And I think that's the part that's really hard. And listen, I, I do this too. And I have an Instagram account. Like I'm just like you where, you know, I'm trying to get followers. So, so it's, it's there, but it's, it's a bit of like just finding pockets of time during the day and say, okay, you know what? I'm going to get on social media. I'm going to check it out and see what's going on. And you get to decide, you get to curate who you follow and who you don't follow. If there's anyone that bothers you or triggers you or gets under your skin, even though maybe what they're saying is positive, it still bothers you. That's it. I can't even tell you all the people I've muted, you know, like people I know, <laughs> like, I love you and care about you. I just don't want to see these posts anymore. Yeah. But so you have the right to mute people. You have the right to like, say, I love you, but I, I don't want to do this. And to so that your feed should really be things that you want to see that are positive, that are make you happy, that get you excited and inspired. And then also the other thing is um, really don't get on social media when you're feeling low. Mm. Like when you're feeling low, when you're feeling those feelings of self-doubt and anxiety and like, what am I doing with my life? You know, all of those things, going to social media is not the place that you go, right? That's when you journal. That's when you really start to think about what are the things, what, what, is, what in my life is working? Mm. Not so much what's not working. What in my life is working? What am I grateful for? You know, um, really taking a moment, especially when you're trying to achieve a big goal of, instead of looking forward and seeing how much you have to still do, looking behind you and saying, okay, you know what, look at what I've done. Look at what have I've, I've accomplished and how, you know, I need to be proud of myself. Like that's the stuff, that's that work that you need to do for yourself because you, social media is there to spark conversations for information, for entertainment, all of those. It's not, it shouldn't be your place to seek validation. You know, all of this validation and a sense of who you are and what's important to you, all of that has to be the work that you do within. And so if you're, if you're needing validation or comfort, that's not the place to go. It's, it's, it's a place to go when you're in a different headspace. Quick break to talk to you guys about better help. I mean, come on. Is this not the perfect time to kind of like break in and remind you guys about how much we love better help here at Mood? Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? I mean, clearly I keep talking about getting lost. Just listen to this conversation I'm having. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You guys, you can start communicating in under 48 hours, but it's not a crisis line. It is not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. They have a broad range of expertise available, which probably and may not be locally available in many areas. So the service is available for clients worldwide. All you have to do is log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. I love it because you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in one of those uncomfortable waiting rooms as with traditional therapy, which are very awkward. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. So don't stress if you don't meet your match right away. BetterHelp understands. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. So all you have to do is visit betterhelp.com slash mood. That's better H-E-L-P and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, you guys, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So many of you guys have been using BetterHelp since I've been talking about them on the podcast and the YouTube channel. So if you haven't tried it out yet, I highly recommend it. It's always my number one recommendation. 
So thank you, BetterHelp. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Mood listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash mood. Back to the podcast. Yeah, I mean, I love the look behind you and see what you've done instead of all the stuff you have to do because you know, my anxiety especially comes from, obviously, future tripping and thinking about all the stuff that I have to do. And I think that also kind of correlates to, you know, feeling lost of where you are right now. And I know you said you kind of help millennials and you even said the brain isn't fully developed till 25 which mm-hmm. I didn't totally know I just know that like you stop also producing like collagen around that age um <laughs> <laughs> that's as far as I've gotten with my research about 25 but it's you know it's so funny when you say that too because you think like you have to have your life figured out at 18 and pick mm-hmm. your college and stuff and so you know do you find that people are like starting jobs and then like not feeling happy. Cause I'm, I'm just curious if people are genuinely feeling lost because of all the things that they're like supposed to attain where, whether it's like the job and marriage and kids, or if it's people being like, I'm genuinely not happy and I'm trying to find a path where I do feel good because I definitely, you know, spent the last nine years of my life not trying to, a hundred percent be happy and proud, but more like check things off a list. So do you find Mm -hmm. that it's maybe a combination or are people looking for the right things? Yeah, I think it, I think it is. I think you said it, it's a combination of things, right? It's a combination of, I think, you know, when we're young and we're in high school or college, the future and your life, it could be anything you want it to be. It's vast. It's, it's there. And so we create these, these expectations for ourselves, these unrealistic um, things that we're going to achieve or that our first job is going to be like this and our first love and right. And we create timelines for ourselves. I'm going to meet someone by this time and then I'm going to have my first baby. Right. And, and everybody does it. It's, it's very common. It's part, you know, it's, it's, it's our, the one thing that people have to recognize is our brains and bodies were designed to take care of us, to comfort us, to, to, um, to protect us. And so what happens is, is that we do this, we create these timelines, we do these things as a way of protecting ourselves. We, we, you know, anxiety, like, yeah, to our brains and bodies are saying that's anxious. I don't want to do that. So, you know, don't do that. And, and our brains and bodies are designed to net think negatively right? To like, look at all the dangers and all the things that could go wrong, right? We're so designed for that. And that's important for people to remember is it does take a conscious effort to, right, reframe your thoughts, to think about things differently and do all this. So if you are someone who has like thought about your whole life and you're like, wait a second, I, you know, I shouldn't be doing that. It's, it's very normal and natural, but it is, we have, we have this these fantasies about the world and what our lives are going to be like. And then I think what happens is people get into the world. So they get into working and they're like, Oh wait, this is boring. Like there's a lot of things that are really wrote about work over, you know, and Oh God, there's no big summer vacations. There's no, you know, like I remember my first job and like getting a day off for Christmas, you, know, you get a day for Christmas and maybe a half or whatever. And you're like, Oh wait, I don't get that two weeks or yeah. a month. Right. <laughs> it's this adjustment to, oh, this, and, and I think the, the, it's, it's that adjustment to like, my life is going on and on and on and on and on. And, and then I think that if you land in a job that you're not very happy about, it's, and I, and it's not a bad thing. I think people get, they get into these jobs they're not happy with, or they pick a career or career path that they're not happy with. And it's like, they feel like, oh my God, I failed in some way. And it's like, no, this is all information. You need this information. There are a lucky few people in this world that knew that they wanted to be a doctor since the day they were born and went to medical school and are working towards that. Those people, that's great. But the majority of people really have no idea what they want to do. And you don't know if you're going to like a job until you're in the job. You don't know if you're going to like any of it. So you have to go out and do these jobs and take these jobs and do the work in order to know if you want to do, you know, if you want to do it. I think what trips people up is they hit those crossroads where they're like, oh, I thought I wanted to do PR and it's not that. 
So they sort of stay frozen in that place instead of going, okay, I've got to figure out like, how do I pivot? How do I change this up? And you're absolutely right. These are the years that you should be doing these things. Like your twenties into the early thirties, like this is your time to experiment, try things on, do new, right. Do all of those things so that you really start to make choices and decisions that align with what you enjoy doing, what makes you happy, what, um, I should stay away from happy. I say what creates meaning for you. It's so um, funny. My therapist, it's so <laughs> funny that you just did that. My therapist, I literally said to her on Monday, I said, I know you hate when I say this. I'll use a different word, but I'm just saying it. I just want to be happy. And she's like, I love how you know that I hate when you say that. Cause she's like, you know, like no one's happy all the time. Like, da, 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 da. but I was like, I was, I just don't know how to verbalize it in a sense of, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, getting to this age where maybe it is the word meaning, right? Like I, I just want to feel like maybe like valued and proud and meaningful. I I don't like, maybe I'm struggling with the correct like affirmations, but I mean, she, she literally just thinks she's like, I don't like this word. I don't like using it. (laughs) And I was like, Rebecca, I just, I'm a miserable person. Let me just use the word happy. I'm not miserable. I'm kidding. But Yeah, I mean, sorry to cut you off, but it's just so funny because I think that a lot of people think, including myself, I mean, with enough therapy, clearly I know, but I think a lot of people think that they're supposed to be happy all the time. And it's it's kind of like this theme that I'm getting from what you're saying is we're we're so hard on ourselves and we just think we failed, you you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're incredibly hard on ourselves. And yeah, I mean, and listen, I use the word happy too. And I catch myself because I tell my own clients, like there is right? Happiness is fleeting. Everyone, the whole concept about careers that, that people talked about, I want to say 10 or 15 years ago, the big thing was follow your passion, follow your bliss. Mm. And finally people said, no, 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 we got to stop saying that to people because passion is fleeting. Mm. And I remember many years ago, a client, she wanted to be a teacher and she was teaching. And she said to me, she said, um, I don't know. And then I woke up one day and I just didn't really feel like going to work. And I just, maybe I'm not passionate about this anymore. And, and I think it's important to recognize, like, I love what I do. Absolutely. I worked incredibly hard to get here and did a lot of work, um, on myself and, and to really hone in on what is it that I want to do. And there are days when I wake up and I'm like, I'd really like to just lay around and do nothing. Or I'd like to be in a beach in Hawaii or I would, you know, I, so it's not about that so much. It's about work has to be meaningful to you. It has to mean something. Meaning will always carry you much farther. So passion, happiness, they are fleeting emotions, and but meaning, value, something that's aligned with it. And I think it sounds like from what you're describing that what you really want is a sense of, you know, quiet confidence, of calm, of peace, of satisfaction. And those feelings are right there. These are the things that everybody wants and they're very elusive, but they are, they are within you mm-hmm. right now. It's whether or not you choose to be, you know, feel those because yeah. they, they are, they're here. You have, you can attain that. That was like the one word that the first time she caught me on it, I said like peace because you know, I know I'm not going to be happy all the time. The same way I do recognize, you know, I'm not going to be anxious all the time. But I think it's, you know, at this age when these things keep coming up, they just, and they make you so unsure of like that meaning and like purpose. I don't know if that's maybe the right word, but, you know, Mm -hmm. I think too, we're all at this age where we do have social media. And so a lot of the labels are thrown at us and a lot of these different, and I know it's like you have to, um, what's the phrase, like name it to tame it. Mm -hmm. But for me a lot too, I'm like, well, I at least want to make sure I'm using and explaining the right words because I I think it gets scary for me when people jump to label and like stay stagnant with that. Like Mm -hmm. the same way you said that like a lot of people are just have situational anxiety. And I think that, a lot of people my age don't understand that and they think that it's now they have this like life sentence and they're in this mm-hmm. job and they're miserable and they're depressed and nothing's ever going to change. And so, you know, I, I, I under I recognize when I'm in that stage and I think that what I, I want is to feel more at peace and it would be nice, but maybe, 
I think talking to someone like you and knowing you have so many clients that feel lost and feel get to this place at least makes me feel less insane because Uh I think a lot of people, especially look at people maybe that do what I do that put our lives out there um, and think that we have it all together and everything's great all the time. When, you know, in reality, if anyone listens to my podcast, they know that that's not true. (laughs) But yeah, I think that it makes me feel obviously less alone and at least in the right age frame to be working Uh on it. So what are like, what's kind of like, you know, that kind of next step to you're in your 20s, you feel lost with decision making, you're probably anxious, you've gone through a pandemic. What's like the one thing we should focus on if we do want to make a change? Mm-hmm. Um, I would, let's see, if you want to make a change, I think the best, I, I, I always go, I, I talk about these two things over and over again with people, but if you want to make a change, it's really about what I call it's exploration and reflection, exploration and reflection. So, so in order to know if you're not happy at your job and you want a different job, then it's really about first figuring out, okay, so why am I not happy? Like, why isn't this work? See, I can't even get away from the word happy, right? Why is, why is work not working for me? And, and I'll encourage people like audit the day, like spend some time really figuring out you did this. Did you like it? Did you not like it? Like what's happening? And a lot of times what people find after they spend some time really thinking about their work and what's happening, they realize, you know what? It's not the job. It's just my boss really irritates me or micromanages me or something like that, or the company. I just don't like the culture, but I want to do this job or my relationship isn't very good, right? It's very easy to, if there's other problems in your life to, to want to point it at something that feels easier, maybe to change. And so audit your day, figure out what is it. And then start once you've gotten, these are all clues. Like you want to be a little bit of a detective. So these are all clues to, okay, uh, this is what's working. This is what's not working. This is what I like. This is what I don't like. Um, and then it's about going out and exploring, which I call like explore career land. And when we, when we explore anything, when we go to a new country, we don't expect ourselves to know everything or do things. If we end up down a road that seems like, how did I get here? We're excited. Like, oh my God, what is this? We don't beat ourselves up about it. Right. And that's really what you need to do is you need to sort of see this as an opportunity to, think about, okay, I know these things about myself for sure. I think I really want to work. Let's say, um, you know, I, I've been working in tech because I'm here in the Bay area. So a lot of people are in tech. I've been working in tech and I want to do something that's a little bit more meaningful, maybe a nonprofit. So it's like, so great. Why don't you call up some friends or people that you know, that work at nonprofits. Why don't you start researching? Why don't you volunteer? Why don't you start learning about some of these things and start having the experience. And then once you're having these experiences, you want to come back and reflect again of like, okay, so from that, you know, what's going on with me? Am I worried about taking them? Is it really all just about the pay cut or is it about, you know, I'm worried about this or whatever it is. And it's just back and forth, back and forth. That's how people figure out their careers in many ways. So I think that you know, many years ago when I started, when I went to graduate school to become a therapist, I didn't start school to say, yes. And by the time I'm at the, you know, when I get to this age, I want to be a coach and a therapist and work with millennials. Like, I didn't even know the word millennial then. So, so the thing is, is that it was really about, I like people. I like working with people. You know, I'm an intuitive person. I enjoy that. This is what I'm going to do. And as you're going along, you are slowly whittling, 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 like, no, it's not this whittling that's down. No, it's more like this whittling that down. And you're kind of really starting to do that. And what's important to see is, and I think this is, this is one thing is I always tell my clients careers are long. Marriage is long, (laughs) you know, raising children long, like all of these things are long. So you have time to make mistakes and do things and, and, and you, you do not rush to get to any of these things, you know, they are long and, and it takes a long time in your career to first figure out what it is that you want to do. And then you have to get really good at it. Mm. And then, then once you get good at it, especially as a woman, right. It's usually then when we're like, 
okay, maybe I'm pretty good at this now, right? Yeah. 20 years in, like maybe, you know, maybe the imposter syndrome isn't so, isn't so high, but I think that's the part that's really hard is, and it comes back to social media and the kind of way we live, right? That, that, that it is very easy to present yourself as successful and all together and with it if you wanted to, when in actuality, no, you know, everybody's, everybody's confused and struggling and trying to figure it out. That's not the point of life. The point of life is not to have all the answers and figure it all out. The point is to grow to grow, to learn, to be, right? To continue to explore, to grow as a person, to invest in your relationships and the people around you and to feel in those moments, calm, centered, quietly confident. I like the word quietly confident. I like that a <laughs> lot. I'm going to steal it. So if I need more tips and everyone else listening needs more tips, where can we find you and get more of all of this information that has made me feel at peace, <laughs> at peace. I'm feeling very at peace. I feel less r- rattled up than I did on FaceTime with my grandma talking about my life. So mm-hmm. <laughs> she's like, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? I'm like, I'd <laughs> So where can we all find you on social or anything like that? Sure. So I am on Instagram, Tess Brigham. Um, and then for, you know, I have a blog. If you want to go, I write for, um, Forbes and, a, and some other places. So just go to my website, tessbrigham.com, tessbrighamcoaching.com. You can find out there. I have a course that I created called Find Your Path. And it's basically these six things that we've been talking about. These, these six, the six major things that clients come to me about that they have issues with. I've broken them all down. It's, it's in a course. You can do it all on your own. Um, or you can, if you want to work with me, I'm there and you can just hit me up. But, um, yeah, thank you so much for having me. This has been great. I'm glad you feel calm and centered. And now I feel like I need to go do this like little like self course. I'm kind of excited. (laughs) Maybe this is a sign. I mean, not gonna, not going to speak to the universe too loud, but okay, I'll do the course. Jeez. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, you're it was welcome. so helpful. And don't be shocked oh, if good. we force you to come back. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Anytime. More than happy to. Thank you so much. Thank you guys so much for listening to Mood. Make sure to give it five stars. Leave a nice review on the Apple Store. Follow at Mood with Lauren Elizabeth and just at Lauren Elizabeth for more exciting updates to get your questions answered and requests and just be a part of the community. Talk to you guys next week. Bye.